we do. Turn, if you would, 2 Chronicles chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. I'm going to let you know already this is going to be a two-part, at least, message. 2 Chronicles chapter what? 15. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 6, the New Living Translation. 2 Chronicles chapter 15. Thank you, Elder, and everybody else that's been a part of the worship experience this morning. Amen. I just sidetracked what I had talked that other thing, but I ain't forgetting. Everybody's a part of the body. We thank God for you. Amen. When you get there, Second Chronicles chapter 15, verses 1 through verse 1, say amen. amen. Then the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Oded, verse 2, and he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But, don't miss the but. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God without a priest to teach them and without the law to instruct them. Verse four, but there's another but. Whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him out, they found him. During those dark days, it was not safe to travel. Problems troubled the people of every land. Verse 6, nation fought against nation and city against city for God was, here we go, troubling them with every kind of problem. God was doing that. I want to talk to you this morning around the thought, the subject, divine disruption, living in times of distress. Did y'all get it? Divine disruption, living in times of distress. When we talk about disruption, we're talking about the action of preventing something, especially a system, especially a way of doing things, a process or event. We're talking about disruption will keep it from functioning as usual. Have you ever made plans, somebody, only to have something go wrong? Am I the only one? Have you ever planned some things and had it go wrong? For instance, you're on your way to an important function and for no reason the car breaks down. Can anybody relate to that? What about you're prepared to be the worship leader at an event and your voice goes hoarse? Yeah. 
You're supposed to speak. You're supposed to preach. You're supposed to teach. And now you can't audibly be heard. Maybe you can remember a time when you planned on just chilling at home. Said, I'm going to take man as a rainy, cloudy day like it was the other day. You know, the rain and chilly and I'm going to chill. This is a good day for me to relax. You ever had that planned and then you got a phone call? An emergency. You had your jammies on. You was chilling. Had your shows lined up, Elder. You know, honey, honey dude didn't matter. Honey through. Then you got a call. You had to leave. Talking about disruption. We've all experienced it. Am I right about it? We can relate on a worldwide scale how lives have been collectively disrupted by COVID-19. And the consequences after that with the food price increases, inability to get certain foods and housing and automobile parts shipped or transported to the consumer. Some of y'all Y'all remember that, the uh, car things and parts. You couldn't get a new car because they didn't have chips and that kind of thing. COVID-19 affected and impacted jobs, finances, relationships. Some churches will never be the same because of COVID-19. Some people were looking for a break. Y'all ain't talking to me. They were tired of making excuses. I'm sick. My mother's sick. My auntie needs to take me to take her to the grocery store exactly the same time church starts. I got to drop somebody off at the airport. You know, <laughs> the flight's leaving at uh, 11 o'clock and I got to drop them off. I thought you had to have there two hours ahead of time. Well, I'm going to stay there on standby in case they can't catch the flight. I'm talking about divine disruption, living in times of distress. And I would agree, perhaps most of us would prefer not to experience so much disruption in our everyday life experiences. But what if we embraced it, the disruption, looking at it as a, as a sign that God is up to something. That's right, that's right. You know, we, we complain about why this. I've been guilty of that. Why that? Why this? And I shared it on Bible study uh, last Wednesday. But, but there's something God is trying to get your attention. Yeah. We hear the word and God says so many people hear the word, but they're not practicing the word. Yeah. I was a bit, a bit transparent on Bible study just a few days ago and, and I shared and I said my wife didn't know it and nobody else knew because I wasn't sharing it with nobody but I was, I, 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 I was struggling with some stuff. I was, I was bothered by some issues and God says practice what you're preaching. Preach what you're practicing. When you cry out, sometimes you got to cry out. Not just pray but cry out. Scream! Breakdown! And I did it. 
And guess what? God didn't change my situation, although I know he will. He just changed me. That I could handle. Did y'all hear? He didn't change the situation, Lakeisha. He changed me. So that I could handle. That's a part of that healing. Some of us want instant gratification. God says, no, when you stop looking for me as a cosmos genie, then I'll start doing something. When I wanted your attention, you wouldn't give it. Now you're in a jam. You want me to jump, hop, skip, and run to you. No, bear it. Grace is sufficient. It's no secret. We're living in a time of major disruption in our lives. Am I right about it? And perhaps some people, I said some people, have come to the conclusion that whatever the disruption, whether big or small, it has God-given purpose. Some of us know that God has purpose for everything. I listened to the man preaching this morning, and he says, particularly for Christians, have you forgot that no matter what you're going through, God already knows about it? I don't care what it is, who it is, how deep or how bad it is. God is already on it. He's watching you to see whether or not you're going to look to him or you're going to try to fix it yourself. That's what you've been doing. What we need to understand is that what you and I are going through today, worldwide and individually, is a divine disruption. God is disrupting the normal, natural, and preferred order of things. Why? Because God knows what we need. Individually and collectively. And God says, sometimes I won't allow you no peace. Hello, somebody. Y'all just read the text with me. It says, the text says, as a result of divine disruption, Verse 5 says, problems trouble the people of every land. And in verse 6, y'all just read it with me, it says, there was no peace to be found. Not in the nations, not in the cities, not in your neighborhood, and not in your home. Divine disruption. Uh, it was a worldwide Cause from God. God was then and he's sending now a worldwide message. Perhaps as it was like then, it's like now. What do you think was the problem? I hear you. What was the problem? Why did God have to send divine disruption? Well, y'all want to get this. There were actually three problems. Y'all going to get it? Out there. Stop doing what you're doing. It's preaching time. You want to know why you're catching so much hell maybe in your home, in your marriage, with your children, on your job, with your health, with your finances? I said the text reveals there were three problems. Three causes. Are y'all with me? Somebody say amen. Three problems, if you will, 
of the chaos for the chaos that was going through, they were going through. The crisis. Verse 3, we just read it. Second Chronicles 15 says, For a long time Israel was without, here we go, the true God, without a priest to teach them, and without the law to instruct them. Y'all get it in a minute. I said three causes. First of all, the Bible says, the text says, there was no worship of the true God. Uh, there was no true God. He didn't say there was no belief in God. Because it was belief in a false, not true God. It's going to make sense to somebody in here. They had replaced the true God with idols and called it or them God, the idol. I hear you. What is an idol? We've talked about this in Bible study, but just in case you forgot. An idol is any person, place, or thing, or thought that you look to as your source independent of the true God. An idol. Understand that word idol is a noun which identifies a false person, a place, a thing, a thought, and it becomes your reference point. That's an idol in the Bible. God is not taking second fiddle. No, 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 no. One of the major sins in the Bible, y'all better hear this, is idolatry. Yeah, yeah. Because, listen, what you've done is remove God's exclusivity, meaning no competitors allowed. You don't start worshiping something or someone other than the true God. God is not in competition. And what he'll do is turn you over to that thing, that person, that it that you can't, so you say, live without. Uh, I'm talking about the true God who is creator and sustainer of all that is and will ever be. Who is God talking to this morning? Out there, is God talking to you? Don't, don't turn away. Don't go downstairs to get the clothes. Don't go to fix the food. Is God talking to you? If the shoe fits, you got to wear it. Understand that an idol, because somebody said, come on, that was back then. Wait a minute. No, an idol can be sophisticated. An idol can be technology. Cell phones. Don't don't answer. How many of us say I can't do without my cell phone? <laughs> Listen, I had to be careful. Uh, I, I was on my way somewhere, and I forgot my phone. Pastor, you you not listen. I turned around and went back home. To my house, yeah. Sister Mary, yeah. to get my phone. Yeah. And I spiritualize it. Everybody might be calling me, might be some counseling, you, you know. 
Sister Eleanor, listen, I might need it. Eleanor might call me and say, pray, pray, pray. I just, I had every kind of excuse. An idol can be technology, cell phone, tablet, computer. Idol can be money. Hello, somebody. Who in here along with me needs some money? Oh, some of y'all won't raise your hand. Okay. Oh, wow. Some of y'all, whoo. I thought y'all, man, I'm going to say we loaded in here. Y'all just ain't giving to the church. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Lord, I, I was taking pictures. Man, I said, Abram, what? He, what? No, he let me leave you alone. I said, wait a minute. Will you tell me he won't give? He said he loved me the past. He won't put a love off on it. Wow, you sure love me. Idols, money, people, relationships. Did you know an idol can be religion? Hello, somebody. An image used as worship. You can have a brand new car and that be your idol. You cleaning it and shining it. I finally got it's not raining. I can't come to church because I got to watch that baby. Your career can be an idol. Uh, your education and your degrees can be an idol. I didn't say don't get your degree and all because I got mine and I want you to get your. But don't let it be your idol. Now you think you all that. You think you all that. You top tap now. You walk around with your head above the cloud. Matter of fact, you got to look down, Sister Darby, at me. You, you think you all that and a bag of something else. I don't know who God is talking to. My daughter, all right, I'm, give me a few minutes. In other words, whatever that thing is placed alongside or of in front of God, God said, get rid of it. Am I right about it? You can't make up stuff, call it God, and think it's okay. Uh, I'm talking about divine disruption. Living in times of distress. I heard Dr. Tony Evans says, and I couldn't agree more. We're living in a day when God has been put on the loop an alternative way, like the highway that goes around the city. In other words, we want God close enough to be respectable, but also far enough away not to be bothered. Y'all missing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Some people just want another touch of God. Yeah. <laughs> a little <laughs> religiosity. Yeah, yeah. But God don't get too much in my business. That's right. That's right. I got a, another lover. Y'all yeah. <laughs> looking at me funny. Some people want to be able to reference God on Sunday. But they don't need his information, his direction, his decree, his orders telling us what to do on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Sunday God you associate with. Yeah. I'm so glad God is not just a Sunday kind of God. Aren't you glad God don't leave you and leave you behind? 
I'm so glad that I don't have to come in this place to get God. Matter of fact, he came with me. We came together to come in here. Am I right about it? You know how we leave church and say, oh my goodness, pastor, did you find a, 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 a cell phone? Did you find a pocketbook? You can't forget and leave God here. He goes with you everywhere. Am I right about it? God is with you everywhere. I can't forget. Like I left my cell phone. I'm so glad when I started in the car. God probably said, man, I'm your co-pilot. And if there's an emergency, your wife will call you. No, she can't call me. Just have to wait. <laughs> we want to say we believe in him, but we're not dictated to by him. I hear some people tell me sometimes, and no, I know we're having a good time. We're watching the, you know, uh, uh, bossing, get ready to get, no, no, leave it alone. Let me leave it alone. No, leave, don't leave it alone. Sister Evelyn, I ain't going to get with, no, no, you know, the sixes already got stopped out. You know, let, let, let me just leave it there. Let me leave that. Let me leave it there. <laughs> we don't wind up with the true God even when we're praying, singing songs and going to church. If he's not the true God. If you just want him to tag along. You, you, you better go somewhere else. In the text, it says there was no true God. There was no real God. He had been replaced by false gods. Y'all want to give me 15 more minutes? But why? <laughs> See, our people perish because of a lack of knowledge. I'm going to teach here if I can and preach. I love to shout, but I don't want us to be shouting and you don't know what we're shouting about. Why was there no true God? Verse 3 says because there was a second problem. I just gave you the first. Not only no worship of the true God, but secondly, there was a void or absence of teaching priests. Yeah. Yeah. Men and women on the pulpit, but they ain't preaching. That's right. That's right. They praying. Yeah. Trying to give you what might tickle your fancy, but they're afraid to preach truth. They don't want to offend you or hurt you because they think you might stop giving. God says, I'm the one that gives. I'm the one that blesses you. If they don't give, I got somebody else to be. preach the word in season, out of season. When they want to hear, when they don't want to hear, preach the word. I'm talking about why God has to do these things. There was no teaching. Priests understand that a mist, a drew, a dew, a drop of dew, a drizzle of God's word from the man or woman in the pulpit is going to be a fog in the pew. You ain't getting nothing out of here but a few sprays. It's not going to hit you down there. I'm like somebody else in here. I didn't come to church just to waste my time. I come to hear word. Is anybody here come to hear word? I come to hear word from the Lord. I didn't come to see how many people is not here. God said, you don't worry about that. 
I've already got that covered. I want to make sure you come in spite of who's not here. You'll be counted in the number. There'll be other numbers, and that's none of your business. You got some folk that won't come till there ain't enough people. But I'm here to tell you when God do what he already told me he gonna do. I'm gonna watch you. I ain't gonna be mean. But I'm gonna say you just sir. Uh, you just sir. Uh, in God's hands. I'm nice. Amen. Watch when God does what he gonna do. Watch it fill all over the place. Watch what happens. Oh, watch. God says you preach to the few because I'm getting it ready to preach to somebody else. When the pulpits fail, the pew becomes confused because of a lack of truth of the word coming from the pulpit. Then the culture takes over. The behaviors. You, 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 you don't want to say what needs to be said. That's the problem with a lot of our churches. Our churches have failed. Thus saith the Lord. Amen somebody. Denial of his divine nature. They don't even want to mention the name of Jesus in some churches. They just say God. But what about Jesus? I heard God the Father say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The same Jesus that said later, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You want to go to heaven? Jesus said, I am. Nobody. Say nobody. Nobody can get to my father in heaven except by me. Uh -huh. uh, I'm talking about divine disruption. I'm tired of, I know I'm wasting y'all time. Divine disruption. Living in times of distress. In other words, you see there are two answers to every question. Y'all listening? God's answer in everybody else's. And everybody else is wrong. Y'all don't like that. You don't like that out there. We agree that God wants to tell us how to live our personal life. and We agree that, but just don't tell me. Let me do my own thing. You know. Nobody in here, nobody out there, but you got too much, too many people talking about my truth, yeah. your truth. Yeah. Ten people and everybody got their own truths. Yeah. And Jesus said, what do I look like? Yeah. I told you I am the truth. Right. Now you got me, Harry, Sally, Jackie, Johnny, yeah. Joey, George, you know. There's only one real truth. No wonder everybody's so confused. Dibble and dabbling. Uh, help me, Holy Ghost. Then when you have your own truth, you go out and create your own rules. Am I right about it? You got your own truth. You create your own rules and you set your own boundaries. And when the pulpits fail to do what 
what they're supposed to do to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. It becomes a thing where the majority rules. Yeah. I'm almost done for today. But I heard uh, earlier, I've been here 27 years. And I remember not putting down, but just when I came here, I came here as an exhorter. I'm still an exhorter. I'm a praise. I'm a loud. Yeah, I know you're too loud, preacher. You know, loud mouth. <laughs> I came here <laughs> preaching and teaching and loud. And I heard a guy, I said this before, over the pulpit. I had one person in particular was a leader in the church. He went home to be with the Lord. Ain't no deacon player, so don't even go there. I'm talking about years ago. You know what he said to me? Reverend, you got to, you the pastor here now, you ain't got to do all that preaching and hollering and shouting. I looked at him, what? You ain't got to do all that praising and all. I said, praise is what I do. That's what I do. They thought it was an act just to get to be the pastor of this church. I came from a church that had thousands of people packed everywhere. Gotta be more than me looking for people. God says don't get caught up in the people. Get caught up in me and preaching the word. I'll deal with the people. Y'all ain't hearing me. If I was looking for people, I'd have been somewhere else. I want to be obedient to what God says. There was no teaching priest in the text. That's what God had to do what he did. But as I get ready to close, not only no worship of the true God, are y'all with me? Not only, secondly, there was a void of teaching priests. But thirdly, as I hasten to a close, there was no law. Y'all read it in verse 3? Y'all read it with me? Otherwise, there was lawlessness. Kind of like what's going on now. People killing people, don't care, shooting, robbing you at the ATM, going up to your car, say, get out and give me your car, the car that you paying more, uh, uh, what do you call car payments on every month? Seven, some people paying six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars, and they're gonna tell you, get out. Give it to me for free. And I'm gonna go and rob and steal and mess it up. Then I'll steal somebody else. Lawlessness. In other words, the people had no guidelines to govern their actions. And by the way, let me say this. It's not a knock on nobody. But every one of those folk out there belong to somebody. Could be in here. Y'all looking at me funny. I got relatives that I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Anybody else got relatives that might, I might look at your nephew, your niece, your uncle, your auntie. We all have dysfunction in our family. I wish I had some help in here. Everybody got dysfunction. Don't look at me crazy. Everybody got some crazy folk in their house or maybe in the other house. And guess what? Can I be honest as I move on to close? I got some relatives. Sister Mary, you ain't welcome in my house. 
No, you, 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 no, you, no, I, I love you, but from a distance. When I had somebody talking about uh, we can do business, what kind of business? I know you said on the pulpit, to, you know, you, you need some money. Well, I can help you along with that. We can go to business. Not that kind of business. Selling, yeah. No guidelines to govern them. Uh, divine disruption. Living in times of distress. How do you think when you don't have truth or the truth that you have adopted, listen, disagrees with God, then you calling God a liar. Y'all looking at me funny out there. When you don't do what God says or you go against it, then you're telling God he's a liar and your way is better. How do you think God feels when folks say, I don't believe it. Even though you said it in your word, God, I don't believe it. You just called God a liar. When he tells you that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and you say, I don't believe it. When you hear trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will give you direction, you say, I don't believe it. When you hear God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, and you say, I don't believe it because you're out there robbing. You're talking about you got to do for your family. You're talking about you got to help God out because God ain't coming through, so you're going to go rob somebody else and hurt their family to help your family. But you ain't helping your family. You hurt your family, and you do. The text says, help me, Holy Ghost, I got to close. There was no law. So it opened up the door for God to say, I got to give you divine disruption. It opened up the door for viruses and other things. Folk that one time used not, didn't wasn't sick, now you're sick all the time. And it doesn't have to be what you did, but what your children are doing. You send them out and let them spend a night over anybody in everybody's house. Uh, this is hyperbole. You send them out saved and they come back like a demon. Don't send them to everybody in anybody's house to spend a night. Because you're trying to get some comfort in so you can hang out. You got to raise your child and can't get out. That's why God bless you with a child. I said, I'm closing. When there is divine distress or divine disruption, there'll always be distress. Am I right about it? When you have a whole lot of trouble, there's going to be distress. But I'm so grateful. For two words that come to mind when we're in trouble, and I'm really close. Two words that come to mind when you and I are in trouble. What are they, Pastor? But God. But God. There are a whole lot of folk in here this morning. 
I know what you need and God does too. You need a but God moment in your life this morning. Am I right about it? But God needs uh, or lets us know that God is sweet and a power packed God. There's something sweet about him. We sing the song, he's sweet, I know. Yet he's dominant. Because we say, but God, when hell breaks out, did you know that the scriptures are filled with but God moments? Help me, Holy Ghost. Noah was convinced he would die on the ark. But in Genesis 8, it says, but God remembered him uh, Psalm 73 26 says my flesh and my heart may fail but God Romans 5 and 8 says but God demonstrates his own love for you and me while we were yet sinners but God two words let me close on this Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 3 is a picture of what we were like before God came into our lives. Ephesians 2 verse 1, New Living says once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world obeying the devil he's talking about you and me the commander of the powers of the unseen world he is the spirit at work the devil in the hearts of people who refuse to obey god verse 3 says all of us you me look at somebody say all of us all of us all of us used to live that way i'm reading the bible following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature by our very nature we were subject to god's anger just like everybody else but wait a minute verse 4 says but god but god i'm reading is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life in Jesus Christ. Ain't he all right? I'm so glad. But God, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stayed within, sinking, sinking, sinking to lie the law. But God, but the master of the sea. Hey, 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 hey. My display cloud from the waters he lifted me Now safe, 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 safe am I. It was love, love lifted me. Say yeah, say yeah. Divine, divine disruption. 
living in distressful times. You got to come back next week and get part two. Too much in here. But you heard enough to know the truth of the Bible that says all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The truth of the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life.